Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us for our topic and discussion for today. I am your host, Ryan Potter, and I am excited to jump into this new episode. So let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by the Potter Real Estate Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate. Potter Real Estate Group is owned and ran by me, Ryan Potter, the team leader, where it is our goal to give our clients an experience they would be excited to tell their friends and family about when buying or selling a home. Everything you need to know about me and my team can be found on our website at www.pottergroupinc.com or on social media by simply searching for me or the Potter Real Estate Group. Make sure you check us out and send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. Hey guys, what's up? How are you doing? I hope you guys are doing well. It has been a while and uh, I'm super excited to get back into some of this stuff with you guys and uh, discuss a lot of these things that are happening uh, within our market and in the real estate industry and all these things. So um, let's just get into this. I feel like uh, I owe you guys this and it's been a while and I apologize for that. Um, but I'm following up uh, on my previous podcast and uh, I told you guys that I was going to do another one on this as it relates to uh, basically the uh, the next thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about and that was how do I stand out from other offers, right? Like in this market uh, in the past few months here and moving forward, um, you're going to need to know how to make your offer stand out in this market and um, and the truth is... Um, you know, I was talking this over with a friend of mine and, uh, we were talking about just the market and everything going on. And, um, and she made a good point. She said, whoever has the biggest pocketbook wins right now, uh, not the person who is working the hardest. And that's, that's really the truth. If I'm being honest with you guys, um, you know, the truth is whoever has the biggest pocketbook is who's winning, uh, in this market right now. And, uh, there's some really good offers out there. Um, but there's a lot of multiple offers, uh, out there as well. And so when you're competing, um, a lot of times what we're seeing and what we have been seeing is, uh, cash is winning, right? Like in this market. Um, and I was telling my wife the other night, like I've worked harder this year than any other year in real estate. Um, and I've wrote three times more the offers than I ever have, and I'm still getting beat out, you know, and why am I getting beat out? Um, and a lot of the reasons for that is, because of the cash offers. Like when you're representing someone who needs to get a loan, like a conventional loan or an FHA or a VA loan, and you're going up against uh, three, four, five, sometimes six other cash offers in the mix, um, it kind of puts you off to the side and uh, doesn't allow you to really compete uh, unless you're doing some of these things that I'm going to cover um, in this, this next section here. Because um, I wanted to open this up uh, for discussion and also uh, allow you guys and let you guys see that um, just because there's a cash offer out there, yes, it benefits. Cash is king, right? We've heard that um, a lot of times and it usually benefits the seller more than others. But um, what I've been seeing too is we've been getting offers accepted uh, when we've been competing against other cash offers, um, even when we're not a cash offer. And so um, what does that mean? Uh, well, I can tell you right now that um, there's a lot more cash now than there ever has been uh, in my eight years of experience uh, in real estate. And I've been hearing that a lot more from other real estate agents that I've talked to in the industry that have been in it 20, 25, 30 years. 
Um, and, and I think all of us are asking the question, why, right? Like, why does it seem like there's more cash offers in this market than there ever has been before? And I think, uh, there's a lot of things that can, uh, relate to that. And there's a lot of things and a lot of reasons why, uh, we're seeing that. And so I wanted to, uh, touch base with you on some of those things right now as well. Um, because here's what I've been seeing and here's what our team has been seeing as we've been talking about it. Um, is we we've been seeing more of the more of these cash offers uh one from mom and dad mom and dad have been uh able to gift money to some of these first-time home buyers and so they have cash to play with uh to go purchase their house which is really nice thank you mom and dad if you are out there and you're listening or you are someone that's in that boat where you've been given cash to go buy your first house that's awesome um but it also sucks for those that don't have the cash, right? Or don't have the parents or somebody else to gift them that money. Um, and so that puts us in the situation that we're going to be talking about here shortly. Um, but why, why other, why are there other reasons for cash? You know, I think that obviously is one of them, but I think that's a small percentage of mom and dad or grandparents, whoever that are, that are paying for these houses for their kids. Um, I think that's a small percentage in our market. Um, I think the bigger percentage of where we're seeing this cash coming from, um, is what we've been seeing from the coasts, right? So what we've been seeing from the coasts is we've been seeing a lot of these, um, we've been seeing a lot of these houses that are a lot more expensive, right? That are out there on the coast or out in Colorado or in some of these other cities, um, that are known as luxury markets, right? Or as are known or have been known, uh, for the past 10, 15 years, of just crazy markets where people have bought houses and 10, 15 years later, they're sometimes uh, four times more uh, valuable than they were when they first bought them, uh, which is crazy. But Denver is one of those markets, right? And then obviously the coast um, can partake in that because we all know that things are more expensive out there. And, uh, you know, that's basically the truth and the reality. And what we've been seeing now since COVID um, is we've been seeing a lot of people moving to the Midwest, uh, specifically here in Omaha, uh, from the coast and from Denver and from some of these other bigger cities where it's way more expensive to live um, and the cost of living is up. And so these people have taken advantage of their markets, right? And so they sell at a very high cost um, and they sell their houses for 800, 900, over a million um, and now they have cash to play with. Um, and so then they come back to Omaha, Nebraska, and they see that, oh my goodness, I can get a bigger house and I can pay less. And so a lot of these people, you know, basically that have lived in their houses 10, 15, 20 years out there on the coast or in Denver or wherever it may be, um, they sell their home and then they obviously have a lot of equity in the, into that home and a lot of cash. So when they close on it, they now have money to play with. And then they move here and they find something that sometimes is bigger, but is way less in value uh, compared to what they were paying in some of those other cities. And so that's what's basically happening. And so um, you get those people coming in. And so what contributes to that, right? Well, when you get bigger companies coming in like Amazon, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, you get a lot of these big companies that come to these cities like Omaha, for example, and then they're hiring a ton of these people, right? So they've got to fill spots. They got to fill thousands, sometimes thousands of jobs are getting filled. And so um, that creates that 
dilemma again, right? Where you have low inventory and you have the demand of way more buyers. Um, and so not only do you have that that you're dealing with, but now you're dealing with uh, the competition of cash. And so um, that is what we've been seeing as it relates to, you know, the question, why are there so many cash offers or why are we getting beat out? What seems like cash offer here, cash offer there. And again, you guys, this isn't like, this isn't like um, a couple years ago where we were seeing it in like the 150, 200 range. Now we're seeing it in like the 450, 550, 600, 800 range, right? Like there, there's times where I'm thinking to myself, like, where do these people have cash, right? Like I was thinking to myself, even last year, like closing on a deal, I, I helped somebody out um, and it was an $850,000 home, all cash. And I'm just like, gee, many Christmas, like some of these people, and, and especially in Omaha, like have money um, and they have cash. And so um, that's the reality. That's the truth. Like there, there's always going to be um, the possibility of dealing with uh, that type of competition. Now, a lot of the, the, the questions that you guys are asking or you guys are probably thinking um, then is, OK, great. We don't have cash. So is it even worth going out into this market right now and looking for something? The answer is yes. Um, and, and I will say that as a resounding yes right now, um, specifically, again, you hear me talking about this all the time about why you want to use a full-time agent and somebody who's in the market and who's an actual professional, uh, that's working 40 plus hours in this industry. Um, because you see things on a daily basis. And I know you guys out there may not seem like things change on a daily basis, but it does. And uh, the reality is like what I've been telling my team and talking to, you know, I got numerous phone calls uh, this last week from numerous agents from even outside of Berkshire Hathaway um, and other agents that are here in town at different brokerages. And they're like, hey, uh, what what's the market like for you? Are you getting are you getting traffic on your listings? Are you getting traffic uh, with showings? Are there does it seem like there's other people that are viewing the properties as you're going out with buyers? Um, you know, and honestly, I said, not really. Like, I, I feel like things have slowed down a lot since Memorial Day weekend. Um, and they all agreed. And they were all like, yeah, that's what we're kind of seeing, too, is that things have, have really uh, shifted and slowed down a bit. Now, is this something that I think is going to last a long time? No, I don't think it is. Like, it is, um, for me, I've always told my team, and I've always experienced this, is uh, in the last eight years, the week before the 4th of July and the week after is always slow. Um, it's just the way it is here in Omaha. I don't know why. Um, I think college world series plays into that a little bit because we have them coming here and people kind of tune out. Um, but I think there's also a lot of stuff else that's going on right now. You know, we've got swim trials here in town. Uh, we got the college world series that we're gearing up for this weekend. Um, we've got, uh, basically, uh, some other, uh, cool events that have been happening here. You know, we, Omaha is booming again uh, now that, you know, the the mandates have been lifted, right? And so that's another thing, right? Like now that mass mandates have been lifted, there's a lot of people that are traveling, um, right? They've been cooped up in their houses for the last year and a half and they want to get out and travel. And so like that's where we've seen a slowdown too is kids are out of school. This is the time now where vacations happen. So it's not really anything new. Um, it is a bit surprising, if I'm being honest for me, to go from, you know, listing houses where you have 20 some offers to listing one now where you may have like two or three offers. Like that's kind of crazy where I'm like, where'd everybody go? Um, but that's what we've been basically discussing and watching and observing. Um, and so now if you're a buyer, honestly, if you're a buyer out there right now and you're a VA or you're an FHA buyer, 
um, or a conventional buyer, get out there and take advantage of this market because you may be the only one writing up on a house right now. Um, take advantage of things when they slow down, right? And so I've been telling my team like, hey, go contact all of your buyers uh, right now and, and let them know that like things have slowed down and now may be a chance to get back in the game if they've been set on the sideline for a while because they didn't want to compete with 30 other offers. Um, now you can go compete and maybe there's one, two, three, four, or five offers that you at least have a better chance of doing that. And now if you take some of these things that I'm about to share with you, now you're definitely going to put yourself in a position uh, to go get a house. And so um, this is what I want to dive into. Um, so enough of the cash stuff, enough of all that other things, but I think that's important and it's important to know what's happening in our market. Uh, so now you can set yourself up for success. So how do I beat a cash offer? Or how do I just go get a house right now in this market? Like what are some things that I can be thinking about? Well, the number one thing that you need to be thinking about is, is how do I net the seller the most money, right? Because that's what the seller wants, right? So the seller is going to want to net the most money. So you still need to be aggressive uh, in this market. But here's some things that you can start thinking about uh, as you're going out there. One, um, paying the seller's closing costs or paying a portion of the seller's closing costs, right? Like it used to be, you know, back in our parents' day or whatever, and I've still heard some parents say like, hey, you need to ask the seller to pay for some of your closing costs. That's not happening. That hasn't been happening in the last like three or four years, at least here in Omaha. Um, and so if it does happen, it's because something's overpriced and something's been on the market for a really long time. But if it's a brand new offer, if it's a brand new listing, um, it's a brand new listing, um, not offer. But if it's a brand new listing, like there, there is little chance very little chance that you're going to get your closing costs paid for. So what you can do to go compete with some of these others that may be writing up. So if you find out that there's other offers uh, that are on the property that you're writing up on, your first thing should be like, how much money could we pay uh, towards their closing costs? And, uh, and and some people ask me like, well, how much is that? You know, like I, I ask the buyers this question. I say, well, what are you comfortable paying? And do you have that money extra in your account, because what you need to know as a buyer is if you're going to pay, let's say $3,000 towards the seller's closing costs, you've got to add that into what your closing costs are already and what your down payment is already. So for example, let's say that you talk to your lender and he says, Hey, if you go right up on this house, your closing costs are going to be, you know, $6,000 and your down payment's going to be another 10. So that's 16,000 and you're gonna pay 3,000 towards the seller's closing costs, you need to bring that to the table at closing. It can't be wrapped into the loan. And so you've got to basically now bring 19,000 to the table. So again, I always go back to my buyers and I say, do you have $19,000 in the bank there that you could use uh, to go towards that? If you can, great. If you have more, awesome. I will say this, I don't ever want a buyer or wouldn't ever recommend a buyer uh, completely draining their savings account to go get a house. I don't think that's wise. I don't think you're setting yourself up for success. Um, I think there's too many things that can go wrong, uh, especially after you first move into the house, where even in nowadays, if you're waiving an inspection or things like that, you know there's going to be things that you're going to have to to fix or update or do whatever with. Um, so I never want somebody to move into a house and feel like they're strapped now because they don't have any extra money to go do some of those things or to having an emergency fund, right? In case the HVAC goes out or the AC goes out or um, you know anything like that that you would need money for to go do. So um, again, I, I think it's wise to think about what are you willing to spend there and then make your decision based off of that.
Okay. So paying sellers closing costs is one thing. Uh, paying towards the appraisal difference is another thing that you could do. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say that the house is 200,000 and you wrote up for 215,000 and the appraisal comes back at 210. That seller in most cases is going to want you to pay the difference of the $5,000 there. But, um, in years past, typically, uh, the purchase price would just go down to 210. It'd be sell, sold there, but in this market and, and uh, what sellers are wanting, and if there's multiple offers and somebody's willing to pay a difference up to 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever that may be, um, that's what they're going to want to go with because it's a cushion for them. Okay. Again, if you're doing this again, that's money that you're going to have to bring out of pocket at closing. So if you're willing to pay $5,000 towards a difference there, know that if the appraisal comes back $5,000 below or $10,000 below, right? You're still paying 5,000 of that back to the seller at closing. Okay. So you'd need that money up front. Um, how about waiving other contingencies? So that's another one. Uh, I mentioned it here earlier. I've mentioned it on previous podcasts, but, um, waiving other contingencies. So like waiving termite to get done, the termite inspection to be done, waiving, um, a home inspection to get done. You know, you want to waive, um, possibly some other things. If you really want the house, if you're competing with other offers. Now, again, I will state this very clearly. I don't ever recommend not writing up on something and not getting an inspection. I think it's important to get an inspection. Um, but I will also say that there are times where if you're asking me and telling me that you really want this house and there's five, six, seven other offers on the table, um, you're probably going to have to waive the inspection uh, to go get this house, right? And you're probably going to have to pay some of the seller's closing costs and some of these other things that we're talking about to go get it. Now, again, if you're someone, like I said earlier, let's say that you're in this market right now and you go right up on a house and you find out from the other agent that there's no other offers on the table, absolutely go ask for an inspection and see what they say. And they can counter that out or not. But um, again, it, it kind of depends on the situation and the market and uh, what the current seller has on the table. Um, so waiving other contingencies, that's another one. Um, here's a big one that I don't think a lot of people understand um, or, or really know how important this one is. But I will tell you this. I can probably say in the last 10 transactions that we've done, half of them we've got either my agents or myself have got because of this one right here. And this is you as a buyer's agent choosing a reputable agent to work with. Okay. What does that mean? Well, that means that you're going to represent or you're going to have an agent that represents you that has been in the business a while. That's a full-time agent that has good relationships with other agents. Okay, because here's what happens in these multiple offer situations. People can deny this all they want, but I know it's true because it's happened and we've done it and we've, uh, we've won numerous offers and I've got other offers not to brag about myself or anything like that. It, I'm truly saying this humbly. Um, it's not out of pride. It's not out of anything, but this is why I've told my team, you never want to burn bridges with other agents. You want to, you want to keep good relationship with other agents and, and try to do as smooth of a transaction as possible every single time. Because when you continue to do that, you get other agents that want to work with you when you write up on their properties, because they know it's going to be smooth. They know you're bringing a ready, willing, and able buyer to the table. 
and you know they know that you're going to do everything you can to get the deal done um, no matter what you run into throughout the transaction and so it is very important to choose an agent that's reputable i can't say that enough i've seen it i can tell you it's it's been more than half of our transactions uh over the past couple months is i literally here's what happens uh, one of my agents goes and writes up on uh, a house and I'm like, immediately I ask them, who's the agent? And then they tell me the agent and I'm like, oh, I love her. I'm going to go call her for you. And I literally go and call that agent and I say, hey, how's it going? You know, we touch base, we catch up and I say, hey, one of my agents is going to be writing up on your house. Um, I give them a little bit of details of their clients and my agent. And uh, literally I've had offers that have been uh, sent out in a counter, right? Like other people have written up on the house and they the sellers have sent a counter out. I've had an agent that actually can't canceled and rescinded their counter and waited for ours to come in. Um, I can tell you that it's important because when you work with people that you like working with, it makes everybody happy, right? Like it, it makes for a smooth transaction or if there are things along the way that get rocky, you have two agents that are rock stars that love working together that are gonna do everything they can to make both sides happy. You know, that's the other thing is like for me and myself, I always know there's two parties involved, right? There's my party that I'm representing, but then there's the other party that we're working with. And so we want to do everything we can to, to basically make that as smooth as of a transaction as possible. So a reputable agent is very important. And some of you may not be getting offers accepted because your agent isn't very reputable. That's just the truth. Um, the number one thing as a buyer that I I think you need to know in this market. And for some of you, you may have been in this market. I've been working with some uh, for the last year. Um, And it's something that I want to continue to encourage all of you guys with. And especially if you're working with buyers is do not give up, right? Keep trying, keep trying in this market and you will eventually get there. Even if you write up six or seven times, but uh you know, right now, especially like if you're one of those buyers, like take advantage of this market, go out, write up, find something that you like because things have slowed down a little bit. So take advantage of that, but do not give up, keep trying. And here's what you need to learn. Every single time you write up, ask your agent, you know, from each offer, what do we need to improve next time? Like, what's the feedback we got from this one? Why'd we lose out? Did Was it a cash offer? Was it not a cash offer? If it wasn't a cash offer, why'd we lose out? Um, be willing to be flexible, okay? Like, if the seller comes back and say they want a longer closing date or they want um, a post-occupancy or something like that, do it. Do it. it. I know you might want to get into the house sooner, but that may be the thing that gets you into the house and that gets you the house later. Um, so, again, don't give up. Keep trying and get feedback from each offer to improve next time. Okay. You guys, I appreciate you. I thank you enough for, uh, I can't thank you enough for continuing to reach out to me and give me ideas and things that you want me to talk on. Um, but again, hopefully this has been helpful, especially for you as a buyer in this market, as far as, uh, how you can stand out from other offers and some steps that you can take to get there. So again, love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Potter Podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor. Subscribe and leave a five-star review. Share this with someone you know and go to connectwithpotter.com and shoot me a message or DM on one of the social media platforms and let me know what you enjoyed about the episode. And more importantly, let me know what you would like me to cover in future episodes moving forward. 
Thanks a lot for your support. I look forward to next time. We'll talk to you later.